Hey guys, it's me, Nicole. Normally in the first week of January, we don't release anything, but we wanted to put something out for you guys to listen to. So this week's going to be the first episode of No King Without a Queen from the Tokusatsu Reading Corner. That's where I read Tokusatsu fan fiction and James scores it with lo-fi remixes of soundtracks from the series. Hear this and more on patreon.com slash mlmpod. We'll be back to normal Time Ranger eps next week. Enjoy this Godzilla fanfic. Hey guys, it's me, Nicole, aka Darling Homebody, and we are in the Tokusatsu Reading Corner. Today, I'm here to read a story called No King Without a Queen by, it's the word zero, capital Z, and then the number two, and then the letter O, and then the number one, and then the letter O. (laughs) on fanfiction.net so if you want to read it yourself or read along go for it it's pretty long so this is probably going to be at least three parts a three-part series we'll we'll see full disclosure i have not read the entire thing but all of the reviews say that it's amazing it's a godzilla one they made it in 2019 so i'm assuming like after they watched the newest Godzilla movie, they got excited and wrote a fanfic. So this should be fun because it is a Godzilla fanfic. The, uh, what is that? The tagline or whatever says, Mothra is the new girl at her school where she'll have to learn who's her friend and who's her enemy along wanting to know this strange young man named Godzilla. So it's all of the kaiju But as high schoolers, it's like a high school anime and it's really cute. So if that's not your thing, uh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Okay, here we go. And sorry, James, for saying um so many times. Chapter one, the motorcyclist and the new girl. The sound of a clock alarm filled Mothra's ears, forcing the 17-year-old girl to rouse from her peaceful sleep. Mothra, get up or you're going to be late for your first day of school. The familiar voice of Mothra's older brother, Batra, called from just outside the girl's room, wrapping his knuckles on Mothra's bedroom door to wake her up. Mothra could hear her brother walking down the hall towards his bedroom as she got out of her bed and stretched her arms over her head and large, beautiful black, orange, yellow, and white wings that were so large they would drag on the floor as she walked. Morning, Mommy. Morning, Daddy. She greeted a photo, sorry, morning mom, because, uh, okay, so the, the writer I read, from what I read, they said the 17 year old, like, woman so many times, like, emphasizing it, almost to a point where it's, like, kind of creepy, so I'm gonna try and, like, retroactively edit that out, because it's also, like, distracting. Okay, so, morning mommy, morning daddy, the 17 year old woman greeted a photo of a man and woman both of whom looked like Mothra and her brother, Batra. 
Mothra wished every day that she could wake up and her parents would be there to greet her and tell her that they loved her like they had before they had been killed in a car accident four years earlier. But she knew they wouldn't be there and that fact stabbed Mothra in the heart every day. Mothra, are you up yet? Betra asked, returning a minute later to make sure his little sister was up and getting ready for school. Yeah, I'm up, Betra. Stop pestering me. She ordered her big brother as she was picking out what pair of underwear she would wear. Hey, don't get pissy with me. I'm just making sure you're not late for school. Batra shot back, leaving again to continue getting ready for work. Batra was more than four and a half years older than Mothra and became her guardian after the death of their parents, which hadn't been easy for at the time 18-year-old Batra, who had to care for his little sister while grieving the loss of his mom and dad. How can I be late? School doesn't start for another two hours, Mothra snorted, grabbing a clean towel from her closet and headed for her bedroom door. Mothra opened her room's door, coming face to face with her brother, a slightly taller man with red and black hair and blood red eyes that would be intimidating at first. But when a person got to know Batra, they would find he was a kind man who was fiercely protective of his little sister. Knowing you, you'll be lucky to get breakfast, Batra joked, looking down at the platinum blonde woman who looked so much like their mother, especially since Mothra had sky blue eyes and a similar facial structure as their late mother. I don't take that long, you dick, Mothra bit out at Batra, pushing him aside and headed for the bathroom, closing the door behind her with the tip of her toe. Mothra turned on the shower, making sure the water was at the heat she liked it, before she stripped out of her pajamas and panties, then she got into the shower, letting the hot water soak her platinum blonde hair and wings. I made you some eggs, bacon, and toast, so don't take too long, Batra shouted over the noise of the running water. Bite me, Mothra shouted at her brother as she grabbed her personal loofah, making sure it was completely wet, before pouring her personal body wash onto it, making sure it was good and soapy before she started washing her attractive athletic body. (laughs) The only thing Mothra hated about herself was how long it took her to clean and dry her big ass wings. Even with her blow dryer, it took 20 minutes to get her beautiful wings completely dry. There's got to be an easier way to get this shit done faster, Mothra thought sourly after she'd gotten out of the shower and was halfway done with drying her wings. Mothra put on her brown panties, covering them with a towel before leaving the bathroom, wanting to be modest. Tick-tock, you're running out of time, Mothra, Batra teased his sister as she was exiting the bathroom and walking towards her bedroom. Piss off, I have plenty of time, the platinum blonde-haired teenager snapped at her big brother, getting a little annoyed with how often Batra was reminding her that she only had so much time to get ready for school. Mothra and Batra lived in a fairly large-sized apartment that had three rooms, two of which were used as bedrooms, while the last one was Batra's personal office, and there was a good-sized living room that had a large sofa that bent into an L-shape and a flat-screen TV with a coffee table between the TV and couch. It took Mothra an hour to put on her makeup and get dressed, now wearing a red backless shirt allowing her wings freedom of movement and she was also wearing blue jeans that hugged her rear end nicely. By the time she had walked into the kitchen, Batra had already finished his breakfast and was reading the newspaper. What's with the frown, sis? Batra asked, knowing that his sister wasn't thrilled that she had to go to a new school. 
Mothra gave her brother an exasperated look as she picked up her fork and started eating her eggs and bacon. Look, Modi, I get that you're not particularly pleased with the fact that we had to leave Manhattan, but we both know this job here is going to help pay for your college. Betra explained using the old nickname their father used to call Mothra when she was little. I doubt I can make any friends at this school and I don't have to worry about college for another freaking year. And even if I did want to go, I don't know what I would study. Mothra complained, stabbing her eggs angrily as she stared venomously at Batra, even though she knew her brother was only doing what was best for her by moving her across the country. Don't be so pessimistic, Modi. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people at this school who'll want to be your friend. Batra disagreed, taking a drink from his cup of coffee as his sister continued eating. Mothra didn't say anything for a short while. Instead, she just shoved her eggs, bacon, and toast into her mouth while looking down at her plate. Maybe you'll meet some cute guy at this school, Batra joked, getting a light blush from his baby sister. It's my first day, Batra. I just want to get used to living in San Francisco and being the new girl, Mothra informed her brother, who just cracked a big smile, telling the young woman he was still going to tease her about finding a boyfriend. Stop looking at me like that. There's no way I'm going to meet anyone I'll be remotely interested in. She told her brother not interested in finding a boyfriend, not until she was used to being in a new place. You never know, Modi. I hear there are lots of cute boys in San Francisco, Batra joked, wanting his little sister to meet someone who wouldn't care that she was a titan, which was a human with superpowers. Mothra was the only one in their family that was a titan, and that fact made the young girl feel alone and excluded from everyone else in the family, and Batra knew his little sister wanted to cut off her wings, but he would never let her do something that horrible to herself. I doubt it. You know what it's like to be a freak, to have these big stupid wings advertising the fact I'm a titan to everyone around us? No one will ever want to be with me, Mothra lashed out unexpectedly, little tears forming in the corners of Mothra's sky-blue eyes. Batra stood up and walked over to his baby sister, pulling her into a long, comforting hug. You're not a freak, Modi. I don't ever want to hear you say such a thing ever again. You got that? Batra ordered his little sister, not wanting her to put herself down ever again. Mothra appreciated her brother's kind words, but part of her still hated the fact she was the only titan in their family and that the only kind of person who would want to be with her would be another titan, but that wasn't what the 17-year-old woman wanted. She wanted to date and marry someone normal and have normal children and a normal family. Don't ever let anyone make you think you're a freak. You got that, Modi? The red and black-haired 21-year-old man told his sister, knowing there were still people who discriminated against Titans, and he refused to let those bigots demean Mothra just because she was different. The two siblings shared the hug for another couple seconds before Batra let his little sister out of the hug to allow the 17-year-old woman to go get her backpack. Make sure you got everything, because I don't want to have to come back, Batcher said, repeating something their father would tell them before they went somewhere. One of the nice things about living in San Francisco rather than New York was that the Bay City's traffic wasn't as bad as it had been in the Big Apple, but there was still a lot of cars on the road. Come on, the light is fucking green, you stupid fucking asswipe, Batcher screamed at the car ahead of him, hitting his horn as hard as he could. 
fuck me. And I thought the drivers in Manhattan were shitty at driving. The 21-year-old man growled, yelling some more profanity at the car ahead of him. It's not their driving that's the problem. It's yours, Mothra barked at her brother, holding tight to the grip that was over the door. Terrified Batra was going to cause a car accident and kill them. There's nothing wrong with my driving. It's these assholes who don't know how to drive, Batra argued as he held down his horn and yelled some more. Mothra sank into her seat, her nails digging into the grip so hard that it was leaving deep indents in the leather. There's plenty wrong with your damn driving, the young woman shouted at her brother, glad that she only had to drive with Batra this one time. After that, she could fly to school, although she would have to be careful not to go too high up. As much as she hated having to leave all her friends back in Manhattan, Mothra couldn't help but marvel over the beautiful scenery of San Francisco's bay with the Golden Gate Bridge and the island prison of Alcatraz standing proudly in the bay as they had done for over a hundred years. You gotta admit, that's a much better view than the East River back home, Batra smiled, having come to appreciate the beauty of San Francisco's Bay Area in the weeks they had been there. I mean, it's not the Manhattan skyline, but yeah, it's a pretty sight, Mothra agreed, leaning on the armrest under the window and stared out at the bay. As Mothra was looking out the window, a large man on a blood-red Harley Davidson wearing what looked like a large, terrifying-looking, very dark gray lizard with dark gray spikes running down its back and deep red orange eyes painted on his helmet and wearing a black leather jacket passed by the car. When he did, Mothra felt a strange attraction to him. See something you like, Modi? Batra asked as he watched his little sister stare after the motorcyclist. Mothra's face flushed a deep red and she quickly tore her sky blue eyes from the motorcyclist who stopped in front of them thanks to a stoplight, allowing Mothra to see that the motorcyclist had something written in some Asian language on the back of his black leather jacket. Guy must be one of the Yakuza's enforcers, Batra said, telling Mothra that a large number of the Japanese mob worked out of San Francisco. You shouldn't stereotype people. I mean, the guy might not even be Japanese. Mothra chastised her big brother using her translating app to see what the writing on the man's jacket meant. Picking Japanese just on the off chance while Batra argued that he wasn't stereotyping the motorcyclist. Gojira. What the heck is that supposed to mean? The young woman thought, opening her web browser to find out what this strange name meant. It took Mothra a few minutes to find out the meaning of Gojira, finding that it was the name of an ancient sea creature from Odo Island that destroyed any ships that came near its home, and she also saw that there was another link to someone with the same name, but Mothra didn't bother with the other link because it didn't seem that important. Maybe it's his name, or he's part of some gang called Gojira? I have to admit, that would be a cool gang name, Mothra said to herself, closing her internet app and started texting one of her friends back in Manhattan. Mothra spent the rest of her car ride to her new school texting her friend back home, wanting to know what she had missed in the time she had left. You talking to Masami again? Tell her I said hello, Batra inquired, knowing his little sister called and texted her best friend back in Manhattan pretty much every day. 
Sure, Masami was asking me how your new job was going. It's a good thing she isn't around anymore, because now I can tell you Masami has had a crush on you since the 8th grade, Mothra replied, seeing no reason why she couldn't out Masami to her brother. Patrick didn't even raise a single eyebrow, clearly not surprised by the news that Masami had had a crush on him for the last three years. You really think I hadn't noticed the wishful looks Masami gave me whenever she came over? The red and black haired man stated, wondering why Mothra's friend had liked him so much. Honestly, I found it a little creepy that Masami had a crush on you, despite the fact there was no way you'd ever go out with her. Mothra told her brother, giving him a questioning stare, which asked if he had been interested in Masami at any point. Why, because Masami is your friend or because I'm your big brother? Betra asked, allowing a devious little smile to form on his lips. Because it's freaking creepy. I mean, you've known Masami since we've been in diapers, Mothra shot back who just shrugged his shoulders before saying it wasn't that creepy because he wasn't that much older than Mothra and Masami. Mothra scowled at Batra but didn't say anything because she knew there was no point. Masami lived across the country and she doubted they would see Masami before the school's next break started. So what did Masami do over the summer? Batra inquired, watching the motorcyclist with the lizard helmet turning right, heading up a large hill and out of sight. Mothra's new school was a very large four-story building that was so long it would have taken up several football fields. What do you think? It's a lot bigger than any of the schools you went to back home, Batra said, pulling into the school's parking lot so he could go into the school and meet his sister's principal, get her schedule, and tour the school with Mothra. Mothra couldn't believe how many kids went to this school. There were too many to keep count of, and from the looks of it, there were a few people who were titans, which made Mothra feel very relieved that she wasn't going to be the only titan at school. Looks like no one is going to care that you have those wings, Batra smiled, glad to see that this school had plenty of other titans. As Mothra and Batra were making their way to the school, they saw that heavily muscled motorcyclist that was wearing the black leather jacket from earlier pull up into the parking lot and park a few feet away. Maybe he's one of your teachers, Batra said to his little sister who's watching with great interest. The motorcycle take off his helmet, revealing a very serious looking Asian man that had long black hair with orange, yellow, and red eyes. The big man looked over at Mothra for a second, but it felt like the two of them were standing alone in an endless void, staring at one another for centuries. I think he's like you, Modi. Batra teased, causing his sister's whole face to turn a deep red and look away from the big man who grabbed a backpack out of a saddlebag that was on the back of his motorcycle and walk off towards the school with his helmet under one heavily muscled arm. <laughs> Mothra didn't know why she couldn't take her eyes off the motorcyclist or why she couldn't get him out of her mind even while she was waiting to meet her new principal. It was something about the look on his face and the sideways stare and the motorcyclist's red, orange, and yellow eyes. Hello, Mr. Batra and Ms. Mothra. I'm Principal Behemoth. It's nice to finally meet you. An elderly man with white hair and brown eyes, a long hooked nose, and a pair of impressive tusks greeted the siblings walking over to the pair with the help of a cane. Hello, Mr. Behemoth. It's nice to meet you. I'm grateful you expected me to your school. Mothra replied to her new principal, shaking the old man's hand without hurting him, surprised to see that he was a titan as well. 
Of course, Miss Mothra. We're always glad to welcome new students here at Balboa High School. And I must say, you have very beautiful wings. But I must let you know, you can't fly anywhere on the school grounds. It's for safety reasons. The principal commented, complimenting the young woman's wings, which were wrapped around her like a cape, before letting Mothra know she was forbidden from using any of her powers while on the school grounds. Principal Behemoth led Batra and Mothra out of the main office, leading them towards the cafeteria, where several of the students greeted the elderly principal. This cafeteria has an indoor and outdoor area where you are free to eat. There are also vending machines where you can get sodas and candy over there, and there's a couple vending machines outside as well. Principal Behemoth told Mothra, using his cane to point out things as he spoke about them. As the principal was showing Mothra where the auditorium was, she spotted the motorcyclist walking by, talking with a fat short man with green hair, yellow eyes, a pointy nose, and a large shell on his back that reminded Mothra of a turtle. Mr. Behemoth, do you know who that man wearing a black leather jacket over there is? The young girl asked, pointing to the motorcyclist who's now walking up some stairs. Behemoth looked to where Mothra was looking, just as the motorcyclist walked out of sight. Oh, him? That's Godzilla. He may not look it, but he's one of Balboa High's top students, which shouldn't be a surprise given who Godzilla's father is, the school's principal answered with a look that asked why Mothra was interested in the young man. Who's Godzilla's dad? Batra asked, curious to know why Bohemia thought so highly of Godzilla's father. Godzilla's father is Dr. Serozawa, the lead biologist at Monarch that's in charge of studying us Titans and the different abilities we have. Behemoth explained with a great amount of respect for Godzilla's dad and what he did. Mothra recognized that named she had heard of Dr. Serozawa once while she was getting a physical when she was a preteen and her wings were starting to develop. She had to see a doctor from Monarch instead of her regular doctor. I had no idea Dr. Serozawa had a son. I always thought he never married because he was far too busy studying Titans, Batra commented. Wondering what it must be like to grow up with someone who spent his day studying those with powers. I understand your confusion. No one who didn't really know Dr. Serizawa knew he was married. Unfortunately, Mrs. Serizawa died 10 years ago from cancer, forcing Dr. Serizawa to raise their son alone. Behemoth remarked, telling Batra and Mothra the only reason he knew about Dr. Serizawa's marriage was because he used to work at Monarch before he retired and became a principal. Why do so many Titans listen to Godzilla? Mothra asked, wanting to know more about the man she knew nothing about, but for some reason was so attracted to. Godzilla is one of the most powerful Titans to be born in the last 60 years. He's basically a walking, talking nuclear reactor with so much power inside himself that he could power an entire city for a whole week. And because he has so much power, Godzilla thinks his radiation is what killed his mother. The elderly man grimaced, sad to think such a good-hearted young man thought he killed one of his parents, even if it had been an accident. As Behemoth showed Mothra her new school, the young girl couldn't take her mind off Godzilla. Not because he possibly killed his mother or the fact he was a titan, but because she seemed to be the only person to notice the look of loneliness and sadness in the young man's red, orange, and yellow eyes. 
This is your first class, Miss Russell's chemistry class. I can introduce you if you want, Behemoth said, stopping in front of a room full of kids, talking about their weekends with a fair-looking middle-aged woman with gold-brown hair and blue eyes standing in front of the class. Behemoth opened the classroom's door, getting the attention of the whole class. Hello, Principal Behemoth. Is there something I can help you with? Miss Russell smiled before noticing the young woman behind her employer. Mrs. Russell waved Mothra into her class, and when she did, everyone in the classroom stopped talking and just stared at the new girl, with a beautiful black, orange, yellow, and white wings wrapped around her like a cape. Dude, check out her wings, someone said, earning murmurs from some of the other students. Batra and Principal Behemoth said goodbye to Mothra, allowing the young woman to introduce herself to her new classmates. Hello, I'm Mothra. I'm originally from Manhattan, New York. The 17-year-old girl smiled, looking around the classroom to see who was in the class with her, surprised to see Godzilla sitting on the far side of the classroom next to the window. Why don't you take a seat next to Megalon, Miss Russell told Mothra, pointing to a tall, skinny young man with a black mohawk, large bug-like yellow eyes, a flat face, and two antennas poking out of his forehead. Mothra did as she was told, walking between the other students to her desk near the middle of the classroom, making sure her wings didn't bump into anyone. As Mrs. Russell started teaching her class, Mothra got her notebook, pencil, and science book out of her backpack, opening the school book to the page Miss Russell told the class to open it to. As you can see here, the human heart has two main chambers along with four valves, all of which work like the engine of a car. And if it stops for too long, the brain will stop working properly, which will lead to a person's death. Does anyone have any questions? The golden brown hair woman told the class as she pointed out the different parts of the human heart and how it pumps blood throughout the body. A few people raised their hand wanting to ask one question or another on how the heart kept them alive. So if a heart is like a car's engine, wouldn't that make someone like Godzilla's heart a nuclear plant? given how much radiation he can fire off with his atomic breath. And if that's the case, are we safe with him around us? A golden blonde haired girl with ice blue eyes and a cold uncaring face asked without waiting to be picked with a tone in her voice that was totally and complete hatred for Godzilla. I feel like I read that in the wrong tone and want to reread it then. <laughs> You're only saying that because Godzilla dumped you, Ichi, the green-haired boy whose name turned out to be Gamera, shot back, coming to the defense of his friend. When Gamera mentioned the fact Godzilla had dumped her, Ichi stood up and her golden blonde hair lit up, glowing like it had been hit by lightning, and her eyes turned from ice blue to bright yellow. Cut it out, Ichi, you aren't scaring anyone. Godzilla ordered his black hair and red, orange, and yellow eyes beginning to glow an electric blue and he spoke in such a commanding voice that Ichi's hair and eyes went back to their normal colors immediately. There's uh, katakana or kanji written and uh, in, then in parentheses it says as you wish my king. Um, Ichi replied in a language Mothra didn't understand before bowing her head and sat back in her chair to the relief of Miss Russell and the rest of the class. Mothra looked over at Godzilla, who seemed to have gone back to his work, acting as if nothing had happened, which made the young woman wonder why Ichi seemed to only respect Godzilla, backing down only when he told her to. Thank you for the helping hand, Godzilla. Miss Ichi, 
How many times do you have to be told you're not allowed to use your powers when you're on school grounds? Go to the office. I will not have you threaten other students. Miss Russell said, first, thanking Godzilla for his help before getting after Ichi, who scowled at the teacher, then got up and walked out of the classroom, her head held high and proud. Mothra heard two voices whispering something behind her, causing the young woman to turn her head, seeing two teenage boys who looked just like Ichi, speaking together in low voices. Ni, San, quit talking in my class or you'll join your sister in the office, Miss Russell ordered. The two brothers sat up straight but didn't look happy that they were told what to do at the same time. They gave Godzilla a dirty look as well. Mothra would later find out from one of her new classmates, the girl who went to the office and the two brothers were all siblings, known as the Ghidorah triplets. That's adorable. The rest of the class was uneventful, which Mothra guessed was a relief to Miss Russell, who had enough problems with teaching normal teenagers, but having superpowered ones threatening to destroy her class would probably drive any sane person completely mad. I'm sorry, Mothra, classes don't normally have anything that bad happen. The golden brown haired teacher apologized as her newest student was putting her things away. It's okay, Mrs. Russell. I'm just glad Godzilla was here to make sure things didn't get out of hand, Mothra smiled, noticing that the young man she was talking about was putting away his book, notebook, and other things. Miss Russell looked over at Godzilla, who gave her a nod before leaving the classroom. I am too. For some reason, all the other titans in the school seem to listen to Godzilla like he has some kind of power over them, the teacher remarked, waving goodbye to some of her students as they left. As Mothra was walking to her next class, she couldn't help but think back to how Mrs. Russell told her that the other titans at the school seemed to listen to Godzilla when he told them to do something, and this made the young woman wonder why that was. Was it because his father was a leading member at Monarch, or because he was the strongest of the titans at the school? Whatever the reason, Mothra couldn't help but feel like all his bravado was a way for him to hide the fact he was lonely and sad, which Mothra understood. She felt the same way ever since her parents died. Hey, you're the new girl, right? A tall, lanky young man with long lava red hair, red eyes, and a bird-like face said stepping in front of Mothra, blocking her way. I am, and if you don't mind, I need to get to class, Mothra replied, not liking how this bird-faced jerk was looking cravingly at her like she was his next meal. Don't worry about being late for class. I'm sure the teacher won't care. I'm Rodan, the young man scoffed, stepping a little closer to Mothra, who took a step back. Good for you. Now please move. I have to get to class, Mothra frowned putting a sharp demand in her voice as she tried to pass Rodan, who blocked her way again with a sleazy smile on his face. Mothra scowled at Rodan, ordering the young man to get out of the way, but Rodan refused to move, and this made the young woman a bit annoyed. Ah, uh, come on, baby. I just want to get to know you a little more, Rodan sneered, stepping around Mothra and cornering the young woman against the lockers. Mothra couldn't believe the gall this complete stranger had, thinking he could act like a lecherous pervert towards someone he had just met. Get out of my way or I'll make you move, she threatened, bringing her knee back so she could knee Rodan in his balls. I don't think so. 
I want to get to know you better, so I'm not going anywhere, Rodan grinned, bending down to force Mothra to kiss him, only to be picked up by the collar of his shirt and tossed aside by Godzilla, who looked pretty pissed that Rodan was trying to force himself on Mothra. Why is it I always have to pull you off a girl who doesn't want to make out with you, you pecker-faced prick? Godzilla growled, now putting himself between Mothra and Rodan, who was picking himself up off the floor. When Rodan got to his feet, he made his hands into fists as he glowered at Godzilla, who was twice as tall and three times as packed with muscle than Rodan was. Why don't you mind your own business and fuck off, the bird-faced teenage boy snapped, wanting to fight Godzilla, but clearly knew he didn't have a chance against a bigger man. Why don't you leave Mothra alone and I won't have to turn you into a rotisserie chicken? Godzilla ordered his black hair, once again turning electric blue, which caused Rodan's face to lose all its color and made him run off. Are you okay, Mothra? Godzilla inquired once he was sure that Rodan was really gone and wasn't just lurking around the corner, waiting for him to leave, leaving Mothra alone again. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you for helping me. I wasn't sure what that creep was going to do if you hadn't shown up. Mothra whimpered, finding that she was more scared than she thought. Godzilla turned to face Mothra, and to the young woman's surprise, the big man had a small smile on his lips, and this sent a strong blush across her cheeks. That's good. I was worried I'd have to hunt Rodan down and roast his ass, Godzilla smiled, pretending he hadn't noticed the blush on Mothra's face. You don't need to go that far just for me. I mean, you barely know me. She blushed. Her ice blue eyes looked up into Godzilla's red, orange, and yellow eyes, which still had that hint of sadness and loneliness, but also a little happiness too. It shouldn't matter that I don't know you. You were in trouble and needed help. I couldn't just stand by and do nothing, Godzilla argued, offering to walk Mothra to her next class to make sure Rodan didn't bother her again. Mothra accepted Godzilla's offer, not just because she was afraid Rodan would show up again, but because she wanted to get to know this strange but stoic man. So what brought you here from Manhattan? Godzilla asked awkwardly, clearly wanting to spark up a conversation as they walked to Mothra's next class. My big brother's job, he's a data analyst for a company called Blackgate Data Farm, who just moved their office from Manhattan to here, Mothra replied, her lips pressing into a thin line as she thought about all her friends she left behind. What about your parents? What do they do? Godzilla asked, seeing as a look of sadness fell over the face of the beautiful girl next to him. They're dead. They were killed in a car accident four years ago, Mothra explained to Godzilla, her shoulders and wings sagging as she told this complete stranger that she had no mom or dad. I'm sorry about your parents. I know what it's like to lose someone close to you. I lost my mother back when I was a kid, Godzilla frowned, giving Mothra a weak smile and his condolences. Mothra could see that Godzilla's sadness and loneliness on full display was the same look she and Batra had when they had lost their own parents. I'm sorry to hear that. I know how hard it is to grow up without a mother, Mothra said, wanting to comfort Godzilla, but she wasn't sure if Godzilla would accept her sympathy. Godzilla remained silent, his red, orange, and yellow eyes staring ahead, but at least you had your father, who you must have been very close to. She continued, going on to say that after the death of her parents, she and her brother had become close because they were the only family they had. 
Not at first. After my mom's death, my old man buried himself in his work, but after I got in trouble with the police for fighting with my powers. He took a greater interest in my well-being, not wanting me to fall in with the wrong crowd and end up in one of Monarch's supermax prisons built to house titans, Godzilla replied. Glad that his dad dropped everything to make sure he didn't end up in a Monarch prison. Mothra had heard about the prisons Monarch had created to hold the most dangerous titans on the planet. She didn't know much about the prisons or where they were even located, but Mothra heard rumors that they were somewhere in the middle of nowhere on some oil rigs surrounded by a huge navy fleet and would be destroyed if the prisoners ever tried to take it over. That's a place you don't belong, Mothra smiled, a little her cheeks glowing red again. Godzilla raised a single eyebrow, interested in why Mothra thinks he doesn't belong in Monarch's Titan prisons. Uh, thanks, I appreciate that, the big man replied, having no idea that someone had been watching him and Mothra since Godzilla had scared Rodan off. I know why you're stalking Godzilla, but why is he with that new girl, San asked, his only sister who's clowering at Mothra's back. <laughs> God, San, why do you have to be so stupid? I want to make sure that little skank isn't trying to steal my boyfriend, Ichi snapped venomously at her youngest brother who was the dimmest of the three siblings. San was about to correct his sister when he got an elbow in the side by me, who told him if he wanted to live he'd keep the fact Godzilla dumped Ichi to himself. That little bitch Ichi growled angrily when she saw Godzilla smiling at something Mothra had said to him. Why are you so mad? He's just smiling. He's probably just being nice to Mothra, Sam commented, getting a death glare from Ichi, whose gold blonde hair started glowing again. San, you really should shut it before Ichi murders you, Ni warned his little brother, wanting to save the moron from their big sister's wrath. But the warning came too late for San, who found himself lying on his back while Ni did all he could to hold back his laughter, feeling sorry for his little brother. When Ichi turned her attention back to watching Godzilla and Mothra, she found the two had disappeared up the stairs that led to the third and fourth floor. God damn it, thanks a lot you stupid fucking assholes, now I'll never find them before the bell rings, Ichi yelled at her brothers, rounding on them and slapping them both across the cheeks. I'm starting to understand why Godzilla broke up with you, Nisa, ducking his head in time to dodge another slap from his sister, only to get backhanded by Ichi's other hand, sending the young man to the floor. If you ever say anything like that again, I'll fry you, Ichi bellowed, lightning coming off of her glowing golden blonde hair. As Ni was getting off the floor, Ichi was coming up with a plan, wanting to speak to Mothra to see if the new girl was interested in her Godzilla, and if she was, Ichi wanted to get rid of her by any means necessary. No one will come between me and my Godzilla. If they try, I'll kill them, the young woman thought, heading to her own class while thinking of how and when she would speak to Mothra. Later that day, Mothra was walking out of her last class for the day, planning to fly home, when she noticed a girl named Ichi seeming to be looking for someone with her brothers standing nearby. Ah, oh, Mothra, good. I was hoping to run into you. I wanted to apologize for my awful outburst earlier. I didn't want you to think badly of me on your first day here. I'm still a little touchy about my breakup with Godzilla. 
The golden, blonde-haired young woman smiled, acting as nice as she could, wanting Mothra to put her guard down. I totally get it. I've been irritable, too, after a big breakup. How long were you and Godzilla together? Mothra replied. Walking side by side with Ichi, who still had a smile, Mothra didn't fully trust. We started dating just after we started sophomore year, so you can understand why I was so upset when Gamera made fun of the fact Godzilla dumped me, Ichi remarked, doing all she could to hold back the storm of unbridled rage growing inside her. Mothra could see why Godzilla would have wanted to be with Ichi. She was quite beautiful and seemed to be very intelligent, but Mothra could see that the other woman was short-tempered and would lash out whenever she was crossed, only stopping when Godzilla told her to. Wow, that's a long time. I can understand why you got mad at Gamera, Mothra commented, making sure her wings didn't get in anyone's way. Gamera never really liked me because I used to bully him when we were kids, Ichi explained, putting on the best look of shame she can to show she was sorry for what she had done. Mothra couldn't tell if Ichi was lying to her about why Gamera didn't seem to like her. Whatever the reason was, Mothra was sure Gamera had his reasons. So I take it you've known Godzilla and Gamera for a long time? Mothra remarked, noticing that several students were moving out of the way for her, Ichi, and the other Ghidra siblings. Did I say Ghidorah earlier? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> we grew up together. Our father used to work close with Godzilla's father, Dr. Serizawa, at Monarch before he retired. Ichi told Mothra, very proud of her dad's work with the multi-government organization. So, your guy's dad was a biologist at Monarch? What does he do now? Mothra inquired, wanting to know what Ichi, Ni, and San's father did now that he no longer worked at Monarch. He's an important environmentalist, going around the world protecting endangered wildlife and rainforests. He told me every day when I was little that if we didn't stop the degradation of our planet now, it won't be here for the next generation, and he's right, like always, Ichi answered looking back at her brothers from the corner of her eyes to make sure they agreed with her, which they did. He must get to go to some very beautiful places, although I have a feeling those places are very dangerous. Not just because of the wildlife, Mothra stated, only guessing the kind of danger the Ghidra Triblet's father went through when he went somewhere to protect a forest or animal. Don't worry, our father can take care of himself. He used to be in British Special Forces before he joined Monarch, Ichi told Mothra, telling the new girl that her father fought in several theaters of combat before joining Monarch, where he did security work for the organization. What about your mom? What does she do? Mothra asked, a little surprised to see a flash of rage cross over all three of the Ghidra triplets' faces. Yeah, we don't talk about her mom, it's kind of a touchy subject, he growled through his teeth, doing his best not to lose control of his powers in his fit of rage. Mothra apologized, not wanting to anger Ichi, Ni, and San on her first day, and figured whatever happened between them and their mother was their own business. It's fine, Mothra, you had no idea our mother was a lying, cheating whore who abandoned her husband and children for another man, Ichi commented digging her nails into the palms of her hands hard enough that it drew a tiny bit of blood. Hey sis, uh, you're making yourself bleed? Ni warns his only sister who released her fists and looked down at her palms to see that her brother was right. 
Thank you, Nii. Guess I let my anger get the better of me. Anyways, Mothra, I saw Godzilla walking with you between first and second period, and I was wondering what you thought of him, Ichi remarked, thanking her brother before finding out why Mothra was with Godzilla earlier that day and what her thoughts were of him. He's a nice man, despite the fact he looks like a scary guy, and he was only walking with me to class to make sure this bird-faced prick named Rodan didn't corner me again. Mothra explained, seen by the look on Ichi's face, she despised Rodan a lot more than anyone else at school. I know Rodan, he's a sleazy piece of shit who doesn't deserve to be called a titan, Ichi spat, telling Mothra that she should do all she could to avoid him. Why does the school let Rodan go here when he's clearly a sexual predator, Mothra complained. Finding out that the only reason Rodan hadn't been kicked out was because Rodan's father covered for him, paying and scared people off to keep Rodan out of jail. Jesus. Rodan's dad is suspected of being one of the biggest drug distributors in the San Francisco Bay Area, but nothing ever sticks because the witnesses either say they can't remember or they up and disappear, never to be seen again, Sin tells Mothra, who started to understand why Rodan acted like he could get away with anything. For the first time, Ni and San were surprised to see that Ichi didn't get after the youngest sibling of the Ghidra triplets for speaking out of turn. My little brother's right, there's been an ongoing investigation by the San Francisco police and the FBI, trying to connect Rodan's father to something illegal, but... They found nothing so far, Ichi remarked, wishing she could do something about Rodan and his rotten father. As Mothra and the Ghidra triplets exited the school, Mothra spotted Godzilla and Gamera walking towards the parking lot where Godzilla parked his motorcycle. Ichi, do you know why Godzilla has the word Gojiro written on the back of his jacket? Mothra asked. The only person who might know why Godzilla had that strange name printed on his jacket. I don't know, but I can tell you that Gojira is a Japanese version of Godzilla's name and has several different meanings. So she does know. <laughs> Ichi answered, her ice blue eyes following her ex-boyfriend. Mothra cocked her head to one side as she thought about what she had learned about Godzilla's name earlier that day on her way to school. I read that it was a legendary sea creature from Odo Island, which is off of the coast of Japan. The 17-year-old woman told Ichi, who found that information interesting. Ichi walked with Mothra off school grounds and watched as a young woman opened her moth-like wings and took off into the air, getting the attention of some of the other students and some passerbys who pointed in amazement. What are you thinking, Ichi? Ni asked, standing next to his sister and watched Mothra flying away. I'm going to watch Mothra for now and see how she acts whenever she's around Godzilla. And if she tries to hook up with him, I'll ruin her, Ichi said flatly, her ice blue eyes calculating her next move to get rid of her possible rival. To be continued. Uh, well, that is the end of chapter one. If all the other chapters are this long, it's definitely going to be a six part series. <laughs> So uh, let me know if you want me to keep going with this story. I personally think it's super fun and cute. So let me know what you think and I'll uh, read chapter two next. Thank you guys and uh, bye. 
but that wasn't <laughs> fuck it i'll just read it i'm sorry i can edit this one if you want okay fuck and that the only kind of person who wanted to be with her would be another titan but that wasn't what the seven-year-old woman seven god damn it i was like i'll just say it and then i said seven-year-old and it's such a long sentence (sighs) 